course you're happy to help. But what we're happy for is welcome back to another episode of I Can Do This All Day. I'm Dan, the part-time adventurer. That's Mark, the resident Jedi. Hello there. Today, we've taken a deviation from that of the comic book friendly and decided that we should take a vacation from good movies and go watch The Machine, a just spectacular romp with everybody's favorite fat guy with a hat. That's not me, Burke Kreischer. So I was like this close to going full machine on this episode, because if you remember from the previous episodes, uh, very early on, I would come to the podcast either in cosplay or wear something of the sort. And I figured like, you know what, I'm just going to take my shirt off for the podcast. But then our OnlyFans would suffer. So we'll you don't want to do this, this podcast with no shirt. We'll we'll save that for the OnlyFans. The I can do this all day. I mean, I'll do it right now if you want. <laughs> if you want to do a shirtless podcast, we could okay. do that. Okay, let's. All right, shirtless podcast. All right, See, Danny so works out. Go. My camera's up here, so we're fine. <laughs> we're fine. I like the angle up. No nipples Fantastic. on YouTube. All right, so. I, all right, we're doing this. We are doing this. Game and, on. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you're up for it, I'm up for it. So, I get, yeah. So I, I, I don't know where to start from here. The, so. I take it by the ease with which you removed your shirt that you are at least aware of the machine. We are definitely aware of the machine. I am, uh, you know what? I actually heard about it on Facebook because... After that story blew up, it was on Facebook all over the place. Like you could not not have it on your feed if you yeah. were a person of our age. And so, yeah, yeah, I I was uh I was captivated by what, what was it like a a thirteen minute story? I think it's pretty long, but it's solid. When I say the machine, though, in that question, I mean Bert, not just the story. Like, yes, are you I, a connoisseur of the Kreischer or are you just like a casual, I heard the story? <laughs> no, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Bert's. Uh, I listen, or at least I try to listen to a lot of his podcasts. Uh, Bertcast, Two Bears in One Cave, uh, Something's Burning is another. I, I actually enjoy that that show just because I yeah. like cooking and it's uh He's got a, a, so many good guests on that show. But I, I even in preparation for this movie decided that I needed to go back and see more of Bert's leading work and went back and watched a few episodes of Bert the Conqueror from, from the uh, Travel Channel days. And uh, I must say that Bert's ability to overact has stayed the same or gotten better. I wish I would have actually watched that show when it first came out. Because I saw that I was a big travel channel fan and I would watch all the stuff on there, except when that would come up. So I was like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Who's Bert Kreischer? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, just whatever. And um, who knew, you know, years later, I'd be a, a big fan. And uh, yeah, entertaining stand up comedian. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, is, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of two bears. Uh, I also enjoy Tom a lot, but just hearing Bert definitely is the, um, I don't want to say simple one, 
thinking that it'll be insulting, but he'll probably agree. He's the bro. Um, he, he is, is the bro. He's bro. such a bro. Super brotastic. But yeah, no, I, I I didn't know. And I went into this, like I said, listening like, you know, regularly on Mondays to two bears and catching a few things. So I'm glad that you were on the same page because we hadn't we hadn't gone like back and forth on this. We just said, do you want to watch this? I was like, I'm going to see it. Why don't we talk about it? So, yeah, for for all the listeners, like we in passing, like we had talked about, like, because we are on a podcast, we just casually asked each other, like, oh, is there any other podcast that you listen to? And and that's really what came up is like, oh, two bears, one cave and, and like a few other things. It, it's it's not like we talk about a lot of our shit that we're going to talk about on the podcast. It just comes up pretty organically, which I think is pretty nice for a, for a podcast. So it's not a, this is not a heavily produced or scripted show. And uh, I'm okay with that. This is you didn't fun. get the script this week? <laughs> well, oh. I'm sorry. I, I need a line. What was the line? Oh, what yeah, was my line. response to that? Cue card? Where's yeah. the... Mm. I did not get the script this week. What are you talking about? There is no I, script for this. I have no idea what I'm talking about. So knowing what you know about Bert then, what were your expectations going into this movie? Because if you listen as much as I listen, Bert made his expectations super clear that he was going to make like, and I, and I don't, and again, like I hate bashing people I enjoy, but Bert was, Bert thought this was going to be the Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. 120 movie. million. That number 120 is 120 million. million. 120 something. Um, because the the budget on this was like twenty, wasn't it? Twenty million for the budget, and oh. for opening weekend, he was saying, "Oh, uh, hundred twenty million." I think goes, "Oh, oh, oh hundred twenty million." <laughs> it's like with Bert with his his mannerisms and his voice and his just complete idiocy of what reality is. It was, uh, yeah. And, but he and sold like, all oh. Red Rocks, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so this was slated to do 5 million. It was projected to do 5 million. And they actually did uh 5.9 during the four day weekend, which is pretty good. Good for him. I, I was pretty happy. Uh, I was actually a little bit bummed that I was not able to contribute directly to that four day weekend because I want to go see it on a Tuesday because uh, I just didn't have the time uh, to see it over the weekend. But when did you see it? What were the circumstances? Tell me what I, I saw it on a, on, this past Friday, we're recording on a Sunday. So the Friday after opening weekend, not opening weekend, I had like a 10 o'clock show that had zero tickets sold the morning of. I'm in Florida and I, I'm technically in a Tampa area. Yeah, you are in Burt country. Yeah, and, and Burt is from Tampa. And um, one of the the big radio show hosts, uh, shout out to the Mike Kelta show, friends of the podcast. Friends of the podcast, of course. So is Bert, friend of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they were they were really plugging it, and uh, they wanted to make this like a big deal for him, which is cool. And and I'm not a big morning radio person, but uh, that is one show that I'll listen to on the regular, which it's 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 good. And, and he's very good friends with Bert, so they they were talking this up. But as for my expectations of it, how good could the movie possibly be? You know, like. There's there's very few stand-up comedian, like legit, just straight up stand-up comedians that have 
translated into like a good Hollywood blockbuster type of movie. And for those that did, it fizzled really, really quick. Dane Cook, I'm looking at you. But um, and by the way, Dane Cook is on. I'm not sure if it was Instagram or TikTok, but he's like he's really campaigning for a employee of the month, too. So I know you like that movie. I did not. I think so. that movie's terribly hilarious. It's uh, oh, it's, so it's a bad. movie. It is a movie. So I don't know, but employee of the month too. He's gonna have to do what Kevin Smith does. He's gonna have to crowdfund it. He absolutely for, like, tour is. the movie. Like I I enjoy some of Dane Cook stuff, but anyways, yeah, I did. I had expectations that like, well, you know, his friends are hyping this up. Like Tom was saying, like, hey man sincerely that was a great movie and i was thinking like "Mm, is he really just kind of like gaslighting us to just go like is is it really like just a shitty movie and he's just supporting his friend so i went into this thinking this is gonna be good i like when i bought the (laughs) ticket all that until i turned on bert the conqueror like day of right the the, 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 like midday on friday i'm like oh wait this and I had this little like linger and then I went to the movie and my notes during the movie, like just my, my streaming stream of consciousness, Apple iPhone notes. I'm that guy. Um, we're like, wow, this is, this is, this acting's terrible. And then I was like, at the end of the movie, I'm like, <laughs> wait, this is Bert. Our expectation should have been, look, it's Bert, not Bert's an excellent actor with so much range. See, and they're going to get so many great actors for this movie. Like I, I, one of my notes as the movie opened was that his wife was terrible. And like they, they brought in and spoilers, right? If you, if you haven't seen it, like the therapy scene, I believed. And, and they went into this whole like uncharacteristically Bert thing where he live streamed his daughters, like driving him <laughs> home. I'm like, Bert wouldn't do that like in my head I'm like I don't think he would fuck with his daughter like that and then the the people he had play his daughters and wife I'm like that's not what their relationships like like not slightly slightly like you get it's it's definitely exaggerated definitely Leanne is way cooler than the woman they had play his wife and when I saw Leanne I'm like Leanne could have played Leanne in this movie Nobody would have fucking known this woman. The woman who played his wife had to do zero range acting. She just had to show up. And I'm like, why didn't they just lose use Leanne? She would have done great. Um, it was cool to see her just as that cameo. Like it's it was like... good to see her as the person Bert picked on because that's like a third of his standup. A third of it is picking on Leanne. A third of it is his daughter's. And the other third we got in this movie, it's the machine. It's and it's interesting that you you left that movie expecting, or like you went into that movie expecting good acting. So I, I I'm gonna throw something out there. I thought Bert's acting in the movie was great. Like I thought it was just great. Like his acting throughout the movie was great. He just you know played who I, himself. That's perfectly fine. That is perfectly fine because there's plenty of people that try and attempt to play themselves that completely suck. And you know who I thought sucked in this movie in terms of acting? And I've said it before on this podcast that he's a shitty actor. 
But sorry, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, the shittiest actor. The great voice actor. Great voice actor. Shitty actor. I think the voice acting was a problem with his actual acting because I was (laughs) listening to him and I'm like, give, he did like a half Joker voice, half like laryngitis voice. I'm like, give the man a throat lozenge. What is going on? He he was definitely like the dark, the dark ominous presence in this movie, which you would expect that to be the Russian mob. But no, it was his dad that was the case. I, so I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I I liked their their back and forth at times, but man, I still go on record saying, you know, he's definitely the best Jedi out there. Uh, but at the same time, uh, Mark Hamill, I, I have not seen a great acting live action performance by him. He he was a great Joker on, on, on the Batman, but yeah, no, he could, he could play my Luke anytime. I thought I would struggle more, honestly, seeing him in this role. And I didn't, I just thought like, wouldn't you get somebody that looked more like, more like Bert? You could have gotten anybody, anybody. Get Will Sasso to be Bert's dad. I don't know. Fucking A, man. Like, Will Sasso's the best. And he probably could have acted or voice acted even better in that performance than just done, like, a a, a great yeah. impersonation of something. But I feel like you could have went over the top with, a, like, an actor that could have done an amazing job. Oh, get like, Pacino or De Niro, then. They'll do that's anything. That's what I'm saying. Like, you could have... Yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't even have gone there. I would have went somebody like... I was going to say, like, Mel Brooks or somebody in that vein. Yeah, and and sure. you know, but there's there's got to be some old ridiculous actors that could have done this. Like, I no offense to Hamill, I think he did a good enough job, but you know, this movie was not a modern comedy, and that's what I walked away from it with. It's more of a '80s comedy throwback, not even a '90s comedy throwback. But it does have some great millennial type of. Uh, Perks, which I'll talk about in just a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was fine going into this movie thinking that like, uh, it's probably not going to be good. But I think because Bert has a really good pulse on what his audience likes, I think for those who are fans like ourselves, we'll leave entertained. Yeah, like the the, the random nickname jokes like DJ Chemo. And stuff like oh, that. Those little hilarious. things that he got to freestyle were yeah. great. Were yeah. great. That was good stuff. But uh, speaking of like all those little nuggets in the movie, what about the TV and pop culture references? Dude, I was I was loving it. I'm like, first of all, when they made the Nutty Professor reference, I'm like, that movie, don't even mention it. It had Eddie Murphy and Chappelle in it. It, this movie could never possibly be as good as that movie. Just calm down, Bert. But they were praising it because that's what Bert does. He praises the stuff that he likes and then parallels it to himself. We've met a lot of people that are very similar to him. I guarantee it in our past yeah. because yeah. everyone wants to relate to whether it's a song on the radio, a movie. It's like, this is like exactly like my life. And it's nothing like their lives whatsoever. So uh, I enjoyed that because Bert, when, when I hear him talking about that stuff on the podcast, I was like, I used to date a girl like Bert who always thought everything was about her or it was just like a parallel with her. But yeah. And then you have like the Austin Powers 
callbacks where <laughs> like everyone used to just say that impression so it's and it's you just don't, like so fitting but isn't it like a weird throwback to like, oh you couldn't you couldn't make those impressions like those impressions now would be kind of they would not go over as well as they used to no but at the same time the people that are watching the movie all did the same impression oh, like, oh, I did that. yeah exactly so i mean did, did you not did you not i think do everybody impression? did i okay. think everybody did i will say i think i did more of a fat bastard impression than austin powers definitely the get in my belly for sure uh, the uh for sure also dr evil dr evil was probably a bigger impression than austin powers and then they got into the 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 father-son relationship and the uh the total dude bromance butch cassidy and the sundance kid um reference and i've never seen that movie i've seen a ton of movies i've never seen it really it's a good movie tell me you watched family matters oh of course of course oh i I loved how this movie gave you really good family matters drop-ins and references and then just just the worst one at the end (laughs) yeah it was bad like we're really we're stretching this a bit we're trying real hard here the Russian daughter uh, that is is kind of sidekicking with Berger is really just kind of the the main tour de force of the movie. Uh, she's she's awesome, but the fact that she brought up the Stefan Urkel part of Family Matters that was like my favorite thing in Family Matters is because he was so yeah. cool and he also had like a a Bruce Lee type of persona, and he just kicked the shit out of everyone, which was awesome. So it's like my favorite episodes. For sure. Yeah, arena in this was great except for the the oh my god i was like that's that whoa man the only person to pull off that line besides jaleel white was john mulaney in his stand-up <laughs> where he had that bit it was so good such a good stand-up bit man. i feel like that's why bert put it in there if he wrote it, like, or if he was, I, I, yeah, I would, I feel like that's like Bert trying to shove a lot into it and trying to do rewrites on the fly. Like, cause he was in, uh, um, you know, where, where did they film this? I want to say it was in Bulgaria, maybe. Yeah. Or... I think it was Bulgaria, wherever he was, he was there for a long time. And my guess is he was like doing rewrites on the fly. Like, no, we should use this line. <laughs> Yeah, it's we're uh, talking about family matters. We got to use the Urkel line, and yeah. they picked the worst spot to use the Urkel line. I think we both they did. They did. That's when I realized why am I so upset about this? It's a Burt movie. I was upset about that line, but you're right. We we you should not have been nitpicking. Um, probably just like I shouldn't have been nitpicking Mark Hamill, but at the same time, he's the most recognized actor in that cast. So. If you're going to nitpick someone, you kind of have to nitpick him. Yeah, you never heard of any of this movie, <laughs> except Leanne, who played a background role. I will say Oleg Taktorov, who was a UFC fighter and also in uh, Predators, the Adrian Brody movie. Uh, he was in this, and I recognized him for sure, but everyone else, 
No idea. Man. No idea. You know who did recognize everybody else? The fucking steroid store. Holy shit. There were some big motherfuckers in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised by that where they got like some pretty in shape dudes. Like, luckily, they could somewhat act, right? Like, you would, you they would automatically bad. assume, yeah, you automatically assume, like, oh, get a, a huge muscle head. But I, that guy's been in a, a bunch of movies. I've seen him in plenty of movies before. All of but, those muscle heads, better actors than the, the chick who played Bert's wife. Yeah. That woman well, did not, Leanne should have just done it. And it would have been great. Because yeah. yeah, I we think all, Bert and Leanne arguing is hilarious. I think we would have enjoyed it a lot more. Because we're missing like that southern twang that Leanne we has, are. and the no bullshit part. Like, yeah, the whole reason that their marriage works is she doesn't get mad at him; she just tells him he's a dumbass and moves on. Yeah, she's she doesn't such let him a... control the situation because she knows what's going to happen if he does. She's a very good balance of that that personality. And she yeah. lets it ride sometimes. And then there's times where she can reel it back in. So, which is a, is a good thing for Bert, for sure. And we probably could have used that in this movie. Um, Somebody to reel it in. Leanne yeah, should have went a little there. bit. Well, he, he talked about on his podcast that she edits his specials. Like yeah. she's a huge part of his specials in the lead up and tells him what to cut and what not to cut and goes to like the edits and stuff. And I'm like, that would make so much sense. My wife knows when I can be funny and when I just stop. So speaking of, does she ever listen to the podcast? And she's like, I think that went a little too long. (laughs) She doesn't complain about length. She just, uh, she doesn't really, I think she's just happy. I'm getting out of the house. (laughs) Just curious. Just curious. She always complains about you really. I'm I'm sure that's the case. I mean, I mean, I think all of our listeners just want to know if you ever like a movie ever. See, I don't know, but it shouldn't be this from. one. Whatever movie it was, I don't, I don't know, know when the next you time you're going to watch this is, but we'll talk about it soon. Yeah, we'll t- we'll answer that question at our normal time. <laughs> but let's talk about some. Obviously, like there's some really cool flashbacks in this movie. He goes back to his college self and. Obviously, the big thing about that trip to Russia was his college drinking and his shenanigans. So are you as much of a Lemon Drop fan as Bert is or was? I thought the fact that he ordered or was like, these are from Florida, they're Lemon Drops. I was like, when when were Lemon Drops like a popular shot? Because oh, they were think they were. Really? Well, I mean, they, I I understand they're a popular shot, but like, I went to college in the t- in the days of of Jaeger bombs and fucking tequila. Like, For sure, yeah. I was and, not a lemon drop guy. I would have been doing Jaeger bombs, but yeah, Jaeger bombs. You, For you sure, a lemon drop a guy. One. Um, Jaeger bombs were probably more popular, but um, yeah, I enjoyed a lemon drop. I'm good with that. Like, I'm not a huge drinker, so I let when I drink. Mm-hmm. I want it to taste good and lemon drops taste good. And it's so funny. Like the way that he played it up was like, it's vodka. It's lemon juice, some sugar. It's a lemon drop. It's from Florida. It's awesome. It's like, and all these like hard ass Russian mafia guys are like, yeah, we like this stuff. Yeah. Well, the fact that he was on the vodka bottle. Yeah. 
was like, is he Mr. Sparkle? I don't even know what's going on. Ah, such a good Simpsons callback. I I go deep for you, buddy. Such a good one. But Um, it's it. I was like, are they going to get into this? Who makes this vodka with the machine on it? They never tied that off. We have no idea who Bert needs to sue for likeness and make more money. I think that was just his play to to get a company to do a to get, make him vodka. a vodka. Smart play. Yeah, smart play because like everybody has something. Like Kevin Smith has a has a uh, a, a weed. Uh, you know, a weed. Clooney has a, a tequila. Um, Reynolds has a has a gin. Uh, Bert needs a Russian vodka. Oh wait, you can't import Russian vodka. Mm. This was a poor choice. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe he's just trying to keep his his Russian contacts. If he know. ever can release this movie in Russia, it'll make millions of rubies. If anyone could unite America and Russia, it's, it's Bert Kreischer. <laughs> Do you have any good random stories about partying in college? I used to be a serial, like, campus traveler. I had a bunch of friends that went to different schools around the country and around the Midwest, let's be honest. But um, I went to, like, I worked through college, so I stayed kind of local and went to a school that did not have a solid party scene at all. So I would just kind of vagrantly attend random parties places and i was always that guy that nobody knew but would always have a great time and like pour shots for people from their own booze and do shots with them it was super fun but yeah i I mean um i'm trying to think of of a specific one um but a great story is not coming to mind um, and for the for the listeners, just so you know, we do we do some prep for this podcast. And one of the things that we prepped was uh, an outline that said, good story about random partying. And guess who it was written by? The resident Jedi right over there. He's struggling to come up with a story. I was trying to get there. <laughs> I was trying to get there and you didn't let me. You didn't I'm let sorry. Me. So so while the the actual partying stories are fuzzy, I wonder why. There's one story that sticks out that I love to tell that I think is movie worthy funny. So um, my cousin who will remain nameless and I were wandering around a big 10 campus um, in a state that begins with the letter I. Um, And we happened into this, like, you know, we were, talking to this group of people while we were walking and like, Oh, you should come to this party or whatever. And we go into this place and we're like, sweet. We take our coats off, throw them on the, throw them on the stairs with everybody else's right. And uh, there's a bar on the other side. So we just hightail it over and go behind the bar. We're like, Oh, we're just going to grab a drink. And they're like, yeah, no, fine. And they all go into like a, a kitchen or a different room, like in this kind of older home or like whatever it was. And we go behind the bar and we'd already pre-gamed for this, right? So we were, we were, we weren't hammered, but we were, we were feeling good. And we're looking at what's behind the bar because it's like an actual like wood, nice bar. And we're like, oh, this is gonna be cool. And we get a, you know, a solo cup and fill it with ice and go behind the bar and we're looking and we're looking and we're looking, and it's just all soda because it was a dry party with a bunch of like 
I don't even know. I knew nothing about these people because we immediately put the cups down on the bar with the ice still in them, grabbed our coats, and we're fucking gone. Because <laughs> if you've ever drunkenly walked into a dry party, you feel like something's going to happen, like you're going to get murdered by a cult. It was just a really weird feeling. And that um, is kind of strange. Yeah. There was no way for me to teach them to make lemon drops because they only had lemons and sugar and they only wanted to make lemonade. And they probably were the type that would make it too tart and not sweet. They're definitely more lemon than aid. We yeah. can't have too much sugar before bedtime. <laughs> so I, I don't have any stories that I would be willing to say on the podcast. Um, we can talk offline for them because some of them are really questionable. And uh, I don't know what the statute of limitations is for, for stuff like this, but I'm going to play on the safe side. But there was one story that is, uh, it's just a fun story where uh, a group of my friends in college, uh, there was this one guy, there's always that one guy in your circle of always friends that, that everyone picked on, right? And this guy was super nice. I always enjoyed my time with him, but there was like, he would always keep all of his housemates at arm's length because when you get all of them together, it's just shit show. So obviously he didn't want to have a whole bunch of bros and dudes, you know, kind of killing his game if he was going off to a party. So he said that he was going to a friend's place and this was like a Friday night and we knew he wasn't like he wasn't dating anyone so he's like he's going to go to a party and there's going to be other people there and he's not inviting us so what we all did was I think it was like nine of us nine or ten of us because there was three separate cars and we followed him to the said party that uh, he wasn't trying to let us know about. And like we waited until about 20 minutes after. And then we all just knocked on the door and then just plowed into this small little apartment on the NIU campus. And it was a small, small get together. And I completely understand why he would not invite us because the five people that were already there couldn't even fit in this apartment. And here comes charging through the door are these 10 dudes like ready to rip and roll and, and just get shit faced. And one of the guys uh, wrote in permanent marker on his, on a white t-shirt uh, I'm with, and then he put the, the person's name on the t-shirt. <laughs> so, and like the entire time he would like open up his jacket and he's just like, Oh, I'm with, I'm with Jack. We'll just call him Jack. I'm with Jack. It's cool. And, um, which is fucked up because Jack is actually one of the people that we, we partied with, but uh, he was not the guy, but uh, it was just a fun time where like, we just bust into this, this house or this uh, apartment get together, not a party. And we completely kill this guy's chance or, or whatever small chance that he could have had with potentially hooking up with this girl. And uh, it was a good time. I love that you killed the ratio. Yeah. You oh God! Absolutely destroyed the ratio. It was an awful ratio, and it was good for the girls if they were, you know, into the guys. But I mean, we had some good-looking dudes, but uh, the way that we were acting was 
less than to be desired for sure. Oh, darn. You childish gentleman. I think it was the the it written in permanent marker. I'm with him. And it just didn't work out for us. Nobody wanted to have the devil's three-way, apparently. No, no, no. And if they did, they just didn't make it. They didn't make it known. They did not seem like the type of people that uh, enjoyed party crashers. They were nice. They were very nice. Uh, but it, it was not the the evening that they thought it was going to be. Oh, man. I love that. That's That's the best part. That's the best story. When just random stuff happens and uh, debacles, debacles. I was just glad that when we left that party or dry cult meeting, the dry rager that you had, yeah, dude, is <laughs> we were hammered and they were nice. And we're like, oh, we'll drink your booze. It's cool. Um, I just glad nobody saw us leave. I would imagine that everybody was happy when you all left that party, but did you leave with him? No, no. Um, I felt bad because I, I didn't like I drank a little bit and I wasn't as belligerent as some of the other guys. I was one of the drivers. And so it was just like, you only drank a little bit when you had. Yeah, but I mean, for a little bit for me is literally like maybe half a beer because one would have been too much. I would have known my limit to, to not drive, but you are not um, a Floridian. Yeah, yeah. Florida, that's that's just a sin. So lots of drinking and driving down here. Speaking of great um, throwbacks, the music in this, I loved it from the first song. I know that you're big on no popular music in movies, but how'd you feel about it? This works because it's not like a serious movie. So it's okay if there's like a little bit of take of like, it's a music video, right? um it's this isn't a baz lerman movie by any means so i'm i'm okay with his movie what a deep but, cut that was yeah but i'm okay with you know bert kreischer and and having a few 90s throwbacks because there were some solid jams and i will say that the best jam that was like oh it took me back and i was like wow this totally revived the song is filter hey man nice shot perfect time in that movie and i was just like fuck yeah this was a rocking song dude the the first song they opened the movie with i was like i I know this but it doesn't sound right when they had the dude covering natalie imbruglia or however you say her name (laughs) i was like i kind of like this version better i think that was like taking the piss out of how all movies now will take a 90s song and and make it like a a sad type of ballad or something like that. Like they did that with teen spirit for black widow. Like it didn't make any sense. Dude. All nineties songs were sad. Did yeah, you not but listen to Q one one back in the day for a purpose. It was sad for a purpose. This was made to make fun of that song. So that's, that's where my stance is on that. But yeah, of course, Q one one fan hell back in the AOL days. I was a regular in the Q101 chat room. So, yeah. Wow. This guy had window stickers. No, I didn't. I didn't. I think I had maybe two free bumper stickers that I got from the the disc replay or whatever that was in town. And I was like, oh, I'll take this. I don't even like the band, but sure. I'll just fucking slap it on my bumper, my piece of shit Honda. And uh, uh, yeah, this will work. It was a 91 Honda. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? It was uh, 80 seven 
and I did have like a few different cars throughout uh, throughout the day, but the 87 Honda was the one that had the, the bumper stickers on there. To get into the thematic parts of the movie, right? You talked about your disdain for Mark Hamill in this movie as the dad. And I definitely think there are a lot of cringy dad moments in this. And I was like, wow, this, this is, this is, this is not good. So better mentor. The Mark Hamill is the dad in this or Mark Hamill as the barely present mute in one movie mentor in in um the force awakens and the last jedi i'll say this might surprise you he's a better mentor in this movie because he attempts to mentor in this movie <laughs> he doesn't in just the drink star wars. weird animal milk yeah he didn't try to do that at all <laughs> in the star wars <laughs> sequels so like there is no mentoring whatsoever uh you get the a shitty dad is better than luke the Jedi master. Though I felt like they redeemed Luke in the Mandalorian or I don't know if it was a book of Boba Fett. I don't know because they stole oh, half that movie. It, it was in book of Boba Fett. That yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah. They stole yeah. half that show, but that's okay because it wasn't good before they brought Luke in. Um, I, I, I agree. And I thought it was hilarious that they brought scouting into it. And how he was an Eagle Scout. <laughs> and he so had a stupid. little whittling knife. So dumb. I, I don't know where that came from. Like, does Bert, like, does his dad, was he a Eagle Scout or something? And, I and would guess. Why. I would guess because Eagle Scouts talk about being Eagle Scouts. This and they get true. together with other Eagle Scouts. So all of this great, like, 90s references in fashion. This movie had so much flashback. It carried the movie because the whole movie was the machine story which we'll we'll talk about uh, i'm sure but i thought that it lent to the movie and it's one of the first movies that flashbacks worked for me and i think it's because i'm getting older and the whole idea of revisiting something that you haven't seen in 20 years and then you're just like, wow, this is so different. Has happened to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Did you feel the same way? Is that just weird? It makes sense. I mean, there's plenty of times where, uh, and I don't think that much of it, I guess, because I'm a pretty, I mean, one of the big things for me is, you know, if I rate a movie, if I can do this all day, is the nostalgic piece of it. So I'm always into that nostalgic piece, but I also have this like crazy, crazy good memory. Like I remember shit from when I was a like an infant, which it doesn't make any sense as to why you should remember that stuff. But I remember that. And my family was always like really amazed that like to to the most minute detail, uh, I, I would always remember that stuff. So for example, uh, since we're talking about a movie about a college story, and some of those college uh, flashbacks is like when I showed my wife where I went to school, we drove out there one time and, and school wasn't in session, but I would take her to all these different like trivial landmarks at Northern Illinois. So I, I would remember all this stuff to like the most minute details. And uh, I, there was, since we're talking about college, I would, uh, I took my wife to NIU one time and started giving her a little tour where all these little landmarks 
where you know it's a tree by the lagoon or something like oh this is where tom threw up like half a keg of beer this is where we threw a party and the cops were called here's where a brawl happened and everyone started beating the shit out of each other even people that were like friends with each other so i get that um and this it's one of the few things that you know like when bert has those nostalgic moments and, and recalls a lot of that stuff like i i completely understand because i have that type of memory and and there's always some place in my headspace that that i appreciate all that stuff did you show her the the did you show her molly's where you can now get prescriptions filled 24 hours a day yes i did not say that but i did say like oh here's the place where everyone loved cocaine and that's what it was in back in the day. It's like everyone loved cocaine at Molly's. And now it's a Walgreens. Oh, just a different um, type of cocaine, you know? Just, just whoa, Adderall. Um, you know, my wife hates when I do that because I do it a lot. And she's like, you always tell this story when we go past here. And I'm like, because it was good. <sighs> it's, you know, we're, we are getting older for sure. But that was a interesting moment in our lives and i don't see any shame in that and and talking about that not to say that it doesn't get annoying because like my dad will say something and he's well beyond you know his retirement age year or well into his retirement age years i should say and it's like really this story again i i but we're gonna do the same thing and it's it's oh i'm gonna lean into it baby i'm leaning into it it's always gonna it, time will always win and time always has the best memory because they will always repeat itself speaking of your amazing memory can you remember a time where you saw some sort of violent injury like bert had to deal with when they found the whore in the woods which was hilarious (laughs) but when he had to pull the, the the stick out of her leg and you know puked in his pocket which again was an amazing bert move um, but I was, I'm not good around blood and that kind of stuff. Like, and Bert historically hasn't been like his story about when Tom was dunking and he like rotated his arm back, probably giving him like excessive nerve damage that he's still living with. Are you a Bert or are you calm in the face of blood and danger? I would like to think that I am calm, but. I haven't had like that bad of an experience to where I'd be like, uh oh, uh oh, there's a problem here. Um, I, I'd like to think, I, and everyone likes to think, like, oh no, you just you bandage your wound and you you put some pressure on it and that's it. Like, yeah, I've seen a t- I've seen Black Hawk down fifty times, but it's not that simple. I promise you, it's not that simple. <laughs> so uh, there was one time where I was at Six Flags, and people started rushing like there was this big crowd and and paramedics started rushing to the scene because this person collapsed i got uncomfortable just observing this person laying on the ground convulsing on the ground so i was like and granted i was in high school at the time so in my adult life i think i might be a little bit more aware of my surroundings and, and kind of help out or something like that but i was pretty spooked at that that early of an age so I don't know. Yeah, no. What about you? I'm not a good I'm not a good trauma person. So yeah, no, I'm not that guy. Not so that guy, you, buddy. Did you see did you see your son being born? 
Um, no, because he didn't have a, he wasn't born. Uh, my wife had a C-section, so they just, okay. they brought me in on the other side of the curtain and it was all good. I didn't gotcha. see any of the other side of the curtain. And we talked about it beforehand that, that that's going to remain a mystery. And they we're gave you an back. option though, right? Like during the C-section, they gave you an option to see what was going on. No, no. They brought me oh, in. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I'm pretty okay. sure my wife made that decision for me, but I was totally Got okay it. with it. I might be completely like my wife had a, a natural childbirth. So I, I don't know if that's really the case, no. but um, I, I'm pretty sure that I could stomach a lot of stuff after seeing my two boys being born. Uh, but that's, that's like that level of maturity and life experience that, that gives you that ability to, to withstand or, you know, stomach yeah. some of those. I'd of those like instances. to think that I'd like to think that I could act in those times where I'm needed, but like, I'm not the guy to set the leg. If I do ever have that type of scenario though, and I've never been the type of person to feel queasy, but if I do, I will totally just out of sheer comedy, put it in your pocket, <laughs> throw it in my pocket after I throw up. That's so great. And, <laughs> and um, he told the story about that, that like move. And he just like, he did it. He did it on the fly. And it got, it was like an extra take. Why would you put it in your pocket? <laughs> that was, that so was good. a very good Burt moment. And that was so natural because he was playing himself basically. Yeah. But that yeah. was one of the moments in the movie that was just hilarious. I thought there was quite a few and, and some of the, some of the favorite parts or one, I'm sorry, my favorite part of the movie where he's talking about like, like this one time, my fat friend Tom, who I do a podcast with, like I erupted in laughter. Yeah. And the entire, like, it, it led for the entire um, floodgates to be open for everyone else to laugh because the, everyone else was, they were, you could tell that they were Burt Kreischer fans. And um, they, they laughed and I laughed as well, too. But that was the one where it was like, a resounding like yeah <laughs> it was it was a good yeah, no it's a good audience moment well and that's that's why him making fun of leanne was so yeah. good <laughs> bitch it was so good <laughs> um and, and, and like i said she might have been the second best actor in the movie it was that that scene was such a stark contrast to when they did burt crusher action star towards the end where he just magically is fighting everybody. That was good, man. I there's a just flat out appreciation for the action in any movie that I watch, and there's a there's not a lot of good action in, in movies now, and it's very rare to see. And for this type of movie that is just there for the comedy, it had like not John Wick level type of action scenes, but pretty good action scenes, like better than some of the Marvel movies. So, so I, I thought was good with that, it. that um, I don't know if I agree with you there, man. I thought that the girl that played arena did an amazing job. She was awesome. But when they had Bert doing like, action scenes and fighting and going at it that i couldn't suspend disbelief there i was like he would get his ass kicked 
that's fine. And you can, you're 100% correct in that statement. And um, I think he would also agree that he would probably get his ass kicked. But if you watch that from a cinematic perspective, the long take, which it's, it doesn't seem like a long take, but in comparison to a lot of action movies and even Marvel movies, they were like fluid takes that he was doing multiple movements through that action. So that's where like the, the geek in me was like, dude, these are solid action sequences and Bert, you know, or Bert stunt double made it believable that like, wow, this is good camera work. This is good choreography. I'm down for the action. I feel like there had to be some kind of weird movie magic done with that because it was, it, it, I did again, it suspended belief for me where I was just like, Oh God, this is now they're giving him like, like a, a huge self jerk off moment in this movie where he's just you, like, you absolutely should though, because it's about the fucking machine and the but story. He's not that machine. It's still he's not that guy, buddy. Yeah. But even your arenas action scenes were awesome. She was just like a bona fide ass kicker. Uh, yeah. I'm down with it. And if I could give that action a grade, the action scenes in that movie would go under like a B plus rating in my, in my book. The reasoning as to why is because the fluidity of the scenes, the choreography, the scenes, the very minimal use of the short takes, because a lot of, you know, a lot of Marvel movies, even some of the, the more popular ones that we enjoy, their action scenes are cut up so much that you could fuck up like you could do one move and then they'll do like another take and just string it all together of everything and so yeah b plus in my opinion i was very very surprised and and pleasantly surprised with the action in this movie i have never been more disappointed in you as a you're you're thinking of it you're thinking of it from oh Bert Kreischer isn't believable as an action star. Like, no, it's not supposed to be believable that he he is. But this movie makes it so where if you had no idea who Bert Kreischer was, like, oh, cool, this guy can actually fight. Obviously, I think he even says, like, he doesn't know how to fight. But if you go back and watch that objectively as opposed to, oh, can Bert kick this dude's ass? Like, of course not. Of course not. And if you can't bring yourself out of that mindset, then I have a problem with your view of movies. I Bruce Lee is disappointed in your answer. The guy who is so action movie built up. I, I don't know if you're just focused on the long shot or the long takes and the, the that's all the you need for a portion. That's what you need in an action sequence. You and I differ on the action sequences piece. This is the guy that likes Dan Aykroyd's comedic genius and uh, nothing uh, but trouble. Dude, let's listen to your opinion dude, on action sequences. Did you did you get the the movie recommendation I sent you on Instagram the other day? I did about I an did. early and Allison Hannigan movie with Dan yeah. Aykroyd. Yeah, not gonna watch it. Yeah, oh, if you want to beat me in a bet, fine, but I don't see that happening. As a matter of fact, I, I listened, my son requested to listen to a few episodes while I was cleaning my office one day, and there was an actual bet that 
we still haven't even had you pay up on. So I think you're like like two movies back. So uh, I won a couple, and then apparently I started taking bad bets. That's kind of my move. Like <laughs> you know, anybody who knows me, I, I I go up quick, and then it just kind of tampers off. It's like it's my poker game. It's just t- translated to podcast. <laughs> oh man. So the one thing we haven't talked about with this movie is the mental health family uh, fatherhood kind of conversation about it. So much so that I don't know that the writers were comfortable writing about it because they just had Mark Hamill repeat a line like four times, four or five times. He repeated the same line. Vulnerability is scary and opening up is hard. And he just said it over and over again. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Uh, I would agree. I would agree. And I think everyone else would agree as well. I don't see like now we are in 2023 where it's more open to be able to talk about your feelings and all that stuff. But people of our age, while we may have become more accustomed to, to opening up, that's still the mindset that was drilled into us for years. I agree. I think that I think that the generation before us it, it lived in this world where mental health was just stigmatized. I'm still an advocate of being strong and keeping your feelings in check to where you like you don't need to open up to everyone because you know what? If you do, like people are gonna freaking walk all over you. In my opinion, I feel like people will take. Although it's it's more it's not as stigmatized to to not open up, it's uh, I'm sorry to open up. Uh, I think it's still the same case and scenario where people will take advantage of people who they feel that they could take advantage of, and those that open up is still that. Well, I think that, easy that you're target. associating that level of openness with weakness. No, where... no, it's not. It's not weakness. It's the other aspect of people wanting to take advantage and that's that's just the truth people will people still to this day will always look for an edge and will want to take advantage of others whether they realize it or not if they can treat you like a doormat or you know take advantage of your sensitive feelings they absolutely will 100 percent. teachers bosses everyone will always do that for sure I think that opinion is formed by your trauma, which I think everybody's opinions are formed by. And I think that's kind of where this movie does this subtle, subtle, like hint at. And, and I, I, the, the thing I appreciated most about it is the subtext on the subtext and like the, 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 uh, the, the under the surface approach of, speaking against toxic masculinity and and giving strength to advocating towards mental health and healthy relationships and forgiving your parents and just kind of finding that common ground and common point Uh, it might be because i watched the the last few episodes of ted lasso before this so it's been just this constant barrage, but I picked up on a lot of that in this movie and in his relationship with his dad. And it just 
hit me like that. Like, wow, I, I can't believe that a movie <laughs> written about literally about that story and this person who like Bert Bert plays the village idiot in a lot of situations, but to be able to insert that level of subtle unconscious advocacy, I thought was the most redeeming part of the film. It is good. I like the fact that they make it, as a it's it's like a family movie like i always joke about like oh it's a family movie this is kind of a family movie in, in the sense of it's just for those fucked up families yeah yeah and, and that's fine because there's plenty of families that are fucked up or not normal so um yeah i mean i don't think it really hit me but i was impressed with how they did address it and make a level of depth out of something so ridiculous like you wouldn't think that that would be a message or even an undertone, overtone, any tone in this movie. You would have thought that I, I honestly thought I was going to be walking into like hot shots part two and like just joke after joke after joke, which there was. But it's such same a great time, movie, was, by the way. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Such a great movie. So would say the better of the, the hot shots. I, I would agree with that statement. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, I like that level of depth and I appreciated it and uh, I was okay with it because I like a movie that is willing to tackle multiple facets and dip into different genres, such as the good action sequences that they had in it, the comedy, the inside joke factor of everything. So yeah, I, I was fine. It didn't really affect me though. There wasn't any moment that I was like getting teary eyed or th- or even like, like oh fighting back tears like no it didn't happen i thought that was the the the, you know you went from mark hamill talking about banging like a random russian lady with a lot of cocaine to this whole realization and unpacking and family connectivity well speaking of opinions and, and the icarus moments um mark i've got a question for you did you fly or did this movie fly too close to the sun and can you do this all day while I did appreciate it and I love me some Bert, I do not see me watching this movie a lot. I may watch it again to, to get my wife's reaction to it. But after that, the machine will be turned off for a long while in the Milton house. Would you want to see a sequel? Only if fat Tom is in it. <laughs> that would be awesome but you apparently loved this movie so i can only assume that you're going to be first in line for the 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 uh the steelbook blu-ray release and uh, uh tell us dan can, can you do this all day so i go back and forth on it so obviously my my algorithm or, or grading criteria as to what i like in a movie and if i can do this all day consists of Nostalgia, which there's plenty of it, and it's funny, it's great. Uh, rewatchability, which I don't know if I if I have a big yearning to watch this again. I, I really don't. Um, it's very much like a a podcast episode of that that you know realm because you you listen to it once, you you have your chuckles, and unless it's like 
the funniest thing out there. You rarely go back, you know, unless it's a great podcast like ours where we talk about I, a lot of movies and stuff like that. But absolutely. Um, so I, I would say the rewatchability probably isn't there. So we're we're kind of at like one one and one, right? Um, the action sequences were very surprising. Like I said, I give it a B plus and it's probably graded on a bell curve because I didn't expect any action in this movie. I thought it would just be like the few goofy moments where he shoots the people in the head. But I I was very impressed by it. And the person who plays Arena, her action sequences were freaking awesome. And uh, so, yeah, great, strong female lead. And I don't know, uh, even though it's like two and one right now, that rewatchability is a big thing for me. So I'm going to go and say that I cannot do this all day, not for the lack of enjoyment, but just because I've seen it. I know all the things that are going to happen. I get and appreciate the inside jokes that happen, but I also hear it on a fairly regular basis because I listen to his podcast and other podcasts that he guest stars on. So for that reason, I cannot do this all day. You can be honest. It's the Urkel quote at the end that ruined it for you. That was uh yeah, that was a bad, a bad spot. The like the least funny pop culture reference in a movie that I think I've ever seen. But a good family movie, nonetheless. I'm I'm happy that we watched this movie, but excited to move to uh, uh, another comic book or, or or pop culture movie that are are coming in waves over the next few months. So hopefully, I won't be able to complain about believability of a of an action scene for a while. It's going to be a busy summer for us, and there's going to be a lot of different movies that are coming out. Marvel's got a few things coming out. DC with the Flash is also coming out. But um, until next time, I'm Dan, the part time Avenger. That's Mark, the Resident Jedi. Like, subscribe, let us know your thoughts on the action sequences is how I'm right and Dan is obviously wrong. Thanks to all our followers and listeners that comment on our YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. Uh, But hey, we will see you all next time.